Inspiration comes from within yourself. One has to be positive. When you're positive, good things happen. Deep Roy. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to this episode of Emetophobia Help. I'm Anna Christie from Vancouver, Canada, recovered emetophobic, licensed psychotherapist specializing in emetophobia, and your host for this podcast. Today, my guest is Hannah, who is from Maryland in the USA. Hi, Hannah. Howdy. How are you? I'm pretty good. How are you? I'm I'm very good, thank you. Um, so I I don't actually know anything about you at all. Um, so why don't why don't we start with having you just tell our listeners your story about emetophobia? Well, let's see. I honestly don't know when I originally started with emetophobia. I know it was probably around fourth or fifth grade. It was when I first got diagnosed with an anxiety disorder and a panic disorder. And I know specifically at one point there was a grandparents thing that we were doing at my school and a boy right behind me just vomited on me and my best friend's back. And everyone was oh, laughing wow. about it. And I'm just like, I am going to die today. Right. So that's probably when it started. Um, okay. Going yeah. through, I was just worried about different kinds of foods. Like mom would eat like rare steak and I'd be terrified of it. And just going through, it just kept getting worse. I started not being able to go out to eat with family and with my parents. And if I did, I have to take anxiety medicine before and it just kept getting worse and worse. I had to watch people cook food before. And I used to be a CNA and a GNA at a home for physically and mentally disabled adults. And one, oh, uh, I'm not familiar with those abbreviations. What, what do they mean? It was a certified nursing assistant and a geriatric nursing assistant. Oh, okay. Okay. So mm -hmm. I did that for about five years and I worked at a home for the physically and mentally disabled. And one night, one of my people came home and he is, he can't have any kind of milk and his parents took mm -hmm. him out and got him pizza and mac and cheese and they brought oh, him back very, very sick. And I remember oh. having to run outside and I probably screamed for a good 30 minutes. Wow. And my boss let me go home. But after that, it just kept going downhill. I couldn't listen to anyone gag. If someone said, I don't feel good or I feel sick, I'm like, what kind of sick? What do you mean? Mm -hmm. And it got to the point mm -hmm. where I just couldn't go places. It was hard for me to work. And I basically just shut myself inside the house and I couldn't do nothing. And wow. Wow. How long were you kind of shut inside your house? Um, I would say probably really depended. I tried to go to work, but if I didn't have to go anywhere, I wouldn't go anywhere. And it probably went from about when I worked at Dunkin' Donuts, probably at like 16 to about two years ago, I believe. And you're not very old now. You look quite young. How old are you? I'm 24. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I figured when you had worked at those kind of jobs for five years, but um, you you have 
you look quite, do people tell you you look young? Like, do you get carded in bars? I don't know if you go to bars. <laughs> I do not go to bars, but I still okay. get asked if I need a kid's menu. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. Well, you know what? One day that you'll be really thankful for that because you'll be 60 and they'll think you're 40 or something. So, <laughs> yeah, um, that sounds pretty, you know, pretty typical, actually, what you've described and pretty rough, too. You know, um, the be, being afraid of foods, um, that watching people cook them you know, asking all kinds of questions to people, what kind of sick were you and, and, and such. Those are things that I have on like a checklist that I give to my clients. So, you know, they're, they're so common with the metaphobia. Um, but that doesn't mean that they're not terrible. And, and also running away, like when you said you ran outside when the the gentleman came home, you know, um, with the allergy and the, running away is also, you know, it's avoiding, right? We just is a way of coping because we can't think of anything else on our own, really. Yeah, that has happened to me many uh, times. Like my father had something from Subway one day, actually, and he got sick off of it. And I was in my bedroom at the time, my um, childhood bedroom and I heard him throw up and I sprinted out mm. of my room to the complete opposite side of the house and I screamed and my mother right. had to drive me around for three hours. <laughs> oh my gosh. So sounds were really triggering then. Oh yes. yeah. Do you think that's worse? Like the sound is worse than seeing it with no sound? Um, for me, it was definitely the sound. Like okay. I was okay. Yeah. I was okay with seeing it, but the thing with my emetophobia is that I was terrified of catching it myself. It's, right, of course. Yeah. So it wasn't really if I'm close to that person, I am definitely going to catch it. So if I can hear them and I can see them, I'm going to mm -hmm. die because I'm obviously I have it now because I saw it. Right. Yeah. And what that's just such a deep profound statement you know like you when you just said I'm gonna die because I just saw it I mean that's what our internal experience is it is so frightening that we believe we're dying in that moment you know even though we kind of know intellectually that we're not obviously dying um and that vomiting won't kill you like that's not possible unless you happen to be drunk or or on drugs and laying on your back you know unconscious you have to be unconscious for it to be harmful otherwise vomiting is actually good for you <laughs> believe it or not uh so yeah uh, that that's how scary it is though i'm gonna die yeah and it also that bad. <laughs> right yeah and and the sound being the worst thing is something that i had to learn over years of talking with clients because for me the sound was second worst to seeing it but i realize i'm extreme <laughs> like that's not the sort of norm for emetophobia it's more likely that that um that it, the sound is really gonna so now on my uh website where i have the resources for therapists 
the sounds are the last thing and then like videos are before them. Yeah. Um, so how did you, how, you know, how are you today? Like, what are you, what are you kind of like now? To be honest, I think I am just about probably 90, 95% better because I've done a lot of different steps. I went to a therapist for a while and she gave me a couple different things and it has definitely helped me. Mm-hmm. And I probably started probably two years ago, like you said, with the videos, I started off watching the videos on mute and just far away because mm-hmm. I found right. there's like, I don't know why people make this, but it's like a compilation of a couple minutes worth of people puking. Yes. And I there, found yeah, that's on there. So I started watching them from far away with the thing muted and then I would get closer to right. it. Then I turn up the volume a little bit. And I just kept yes. going with that. And that's the first thing right. that I did that mm-hmm. that definitely got me on the track to how I almost am completely over emetophobia. It was just mostly getting immersed into it. Right. Instead of avoiding it. Right. Yes. That's the thing. When you realize that you actually can cope with the anxiety if you just stay in the situation like if you but that's almost impossible to do when you're phobic because it happens so fast i just snapped my fingers and no sound came out (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's a podcast thing um yeah it happens so fast that you're already outside you know before you even think start thinking and if you went right back in the person's finished vomiting i mean it only takes two or three seconds to vomit right so yeah definitely and how did you how did it kind of strike you when you went to this therapist and they said to you okay I want you to start watching you know search on YouTube for some videos or or whatever or did they did they find the videos um I found them myself she just gave me a list of stuff to do um, just different mindsets to go through. And she actually had me draw. I should have brought my sketchbook up, but she had me draw how I felt with mm-hmm. stuff like that. And I can probably explain it. But it was one of my pictures was I have two different ones that make sense. One of the pictures mm-hmm. was a sketched out rat. And it mm-hmm. was turned around like with his back to whoever was looking at it and just surrounded with what if what if what if what if what if because my mind was normally like what if this happens what if I end up doing this what if what if what if what if and that was one of them and then I drew another sketch of a girl laying on her back and she had um like tape across her mouth and green stuff coming out of her eyes and she was laying in a black soot pit basically and what if surrounded by her my whole mindset of the entire thing was what if this right yeah and oh that is just so common like I tell my clients if you if in your head if you start saying a sentence that begins with what if you know that you're down a rabbit hole now you know like that's that you don't want to go down there Um, because that's thinking about the future right and we can't know the future especially I mean, the only thing we know is that we're going to die someday. <laughs> we don't even know when, right? Um, but that's the only thing that's for certain in this world. Like uh, everything else, we don't know. We have no idea what's going to happen. So if you 
spend time worrying about that. Yeah, I can picture the girl that you're describing, you know, laying in this sort of soot pit of black of just, you know, like sometimes I say it's like you've fallen down a hole and you have no idea how to get out. Um, and then along comes a therapist who showed you, hey, there's a set of stairs. You just have to go up them one at a time, right? You can't jump from the bottom to the top of the hole, you know? So you have to kind of, yeah, that that's incredible. Um, how did you feel when you're, I hope I didn't just ask this question. <laughs> I, I'm going to edit it out if I have. Okay. How did, how did you feel when your therapist suggested okay, watch some videos, like, did, because some people I, I have told me that they've just run out of the therapist's office and never gone back. I was just like, are you trying to kill me? Because this is how yeah. it's going to happen. I'm going right. to watch this video and I'm going to jump off whatever I'm standing on right now. <laughs> and it definitely <laughs> took me a couple tries to get through it. But after a while, I was, I don't know how to explain it, like oddly curious, I guess is a good right. way to put it. Because after okay. a while, I started yeah. to get curious about it. And I'm actually on an emetophobia page right now on Facebook. And they have things for, there's this app called TikTok. And yeah. I'm on TikTok. I've heard of it. <laughs> <laughs> and they, I, know I, look, I know I look old, Hannah, but I, I do have TikTok. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's so funny. No, go ahead. Okay. So they post pictures on there of a screenshot. And it's usually like, don't watch this video on TikTok. It's got a video yes. of so-and-so doing this and this and this. And I have to go find it myself because I want to watch me it. Me too. Yeah, me too. And you're probably okay with it now because you've watched all those videos and such at oh, your yes. therapist, right? I actually so laugh about them. them now. I find them comical and it's really bad because I know this person is in a lot of pain, but I find it comical. Well, they might be. There are, you know, I used to wonder, you probably felt this way too. When I had emetophobia, I was like, why are they putting vomiting scenes in funny movies? Like what, what do they think they're doing? You know, this is not funny. And um, I, I bet I've heard online thousands of emetophobics say the same thing. But then when you're not afraid anymore, you can see how, you know, have you seen the movie Bridesmaids? Yes. <laughs> it's hilarious, right? And the funniest scene of all is when they all get food poisoning. Um, and it, it's just, I don't know, it is hard to describe. Um, um, a lot of people get angry too. Have you seen that online when they get yes. really mad that somebody puts vomiting in a movie or something? They're like shaming the people. Like, how dare they? That's so disgusting. And I'm like, sis, it's not yeah. that bad. I know. Yeah. And I think there's so many phobias out there that they wouldn't put spiders in. They wouldn't put dogs or clowns or, you know, thunderstorms. Like, can you imagine tr like trying to accommodate every phobia in the world? Like I knew a person that was afraid of small little cups and saucers, little tiny cups and little saucers from a terrible trauma and abuse that he had suffered. You know, like, so how could you ever know that when you're making a movie? 
And I bet the people making these movies don't know. They don't think that there are people afraid of vomiting out there, you know? So, yeah. Wow. Um, yeah. I'm glad. And a couple of things, like, I'm so glad that you're so brave and courageous, you know, and not everyone is and no judgment against you out there. If you're listening and you're thinking to yourself, I could not, if my therapist said, you're going to start watching videos or whatever, um, I couldn't do it. You know, that's okay to anyone listening. It's not a judgment call. But Hannah, you're a very courageous person. So you just, you know, kind of toughened yourself up and, and went ahead and did it, right? Yeah, that's the best um, thing you have to do in that kind of situation. The worst thing that you can say is, I can't. And it took me mm -hmm. a while to say that I can do this. And after I did say I can, then that's when I started to get the ball rolling. And after, I'd say probably a year, yeah, probably a year and a half, honestly, when I started to actually mm -hmm. try to get there, it's probably been two years since then. But after I said I can, that's when I started to get the ball rolling. And it turned into one of those, what is that? What's that one movie where The Rock is chasing after that guy? Dave, no, not Davy Jones. Oh, oh, I Indiana don't know. Jones. Indiana Jones, right? I was thinking about um, uh, the what's the Disney or Pixar one or something, the cartoon where there's like a little uh, where the, it's all a bunch of extinct animals, and there's a little animal that's always chasing a an acorn. And he keeps falling through. Ice age. Yes. I thought that's what you meant because there's a snowball following somebody down a hill. At, probably him, right? He's probably running after the the <laughs> acorn or, or whatever it is that he's trying to get. Oh, there's going to be people out here listening that are just shaking their heads right now. They're like, no, no. And they'll write to me. That's okay. That's fine. <laughs> um, one thing, if you're listening. And, and you think to yourself, I'm not going to start looking at videos, even from a long way away and even with no sound. Just tell your therapist, I know of a website where it starts easier than that. And it's my website at emetophobiahelp.org. Um, and that'll be in the notes. It's in the notes every week on the podcast. But because there are nine um, levels before you start watching videos. So you look at just words and sentences and paragraphs and little drawings and cartoons. And then you see pictures of nauseous people and then pictures of people after they vomit and then pictures of people vomiting and then videos. And I know I've left out a couple of levels, the easier ones and then sounds. Yeah. So, right. So if you if you don't have the courage of Hannah, <laughs> then uh, yeah, then you can say yeah you can start much much easier than that and just work your way up. You know if you can look at the word vomit, you're listening to it, so I'm sure you can look at it on a page. Then you can start exposure and response prevention. Um, did your therapist talk to you about the sort of safety behaviors that you had like asking people a bunch of questions and um, watching people cook I don't believe she did I think she was more worried about me actually freaking out over the entire thing but after a while mm -hmm. I ended up just backing off of it myself because 
how many times have you actually gotten sick off of food? Like, honestly, yeah. I now that I've gotten over it almost, I eat sushi probably three or four mm -hmm. times a week. Yeah, it's great. It's great. You're on the coast, at least. Oh, yeah. I have people from like uh, people from where were those people from Nebraska talking about sushi? I'm like, you get sushi in Nebraska? Like, no, I want them to catch that fish in the morning <laughs> and then put it in my put it in my sushi. Uh, hey, do, do you guys have California rolls in on the East Coast? We sushi do. rolls from California. Yeah, yeah, we do. We yeah. just have we have a lot of fresh fish around here, mostly crabs, because mm -hmm. we live yeah. about two hours from the bay, and it is glorious. Right. We have so many crabs. I used to be scared of crabs too. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Because well, they are creepy. <laughs> there actually, there's a TikTok video <laughs> that I think is so hilarious, where someone had a box of live crabs on the plane. And I I brought live lobster back from Nova Scotia, like east coast of Canada, when I was there. But you're supposed to have them in the cabin with you, put them under the seat in front, like the box fits right there. But this person put them in the luggage. And when the luggage came down the slide, it broke open and crabs were went everywhere. <laughs> it was so, it's so funny if you go to TikTok and you it's like crab video it's really funny because they walk they run sideways back and forth <laughs> and they're all over the the carousel they're going around and then they're down on the floor and they're oh, oh i saw that now that you say you it i thought you? it was in the plane yeah. but i saw that <laughs> i love crabs so much but i used to be scared yeah. to eat them yeah. because right they're bottom feeders what are they eating and mm. right but now my dad took me to a restaurant the other day and we had these jumbo crabs and I'm just destroying them. And I'm just like, it's so good to be able to eat out now. And I'm so happy. Oh, right. Yeah. Good for you. I'm so glad to, to hear from you and to hear just your enthusiasm like that, because, you know, as scary as treatment is, as scary as it is to go through exposure and which you can do on your own, if you can't afford a therapist, it's possible to do it on your own. As scary as it is, you're miserable all the time anyway, right? I mean, if your metaphobia is bad enough, you're just miserable. Um, you're, and you're saying, what if, and you don't know when you're going to vomit. Is it going to be today? Is it going to be 10 years from now, so I'll be just be worried for the next 10 years or 20, or my husband who went 32 years and didn't even try to not vomit, you know, um, that world is a miserable world to live in. And on the other side is this happy place where you eat sushi and crab and I'm sure you got lobster on the, we don't have lobster out here. Um, you have to get that from the East Coast, but we have the best salmon here Ooh. yeah so yeah it's, it's, it's sashimi anyway we talk about um yeah so if you had a one piece of advice for somebody that couldn't afford to go to therapy what would what would you advise them to to do well, to like start I said, trying to get over this yeah like i said earlier the first thing that you have to do is stop saying what if and do your best to say not what if, but I can. You just switch around the two words and say, I can. I can watch this video. 
I can go out to eat with someone, need sashimi for days. I can do this because I am a strong, independent human and I am going to get over this. Wonderful. What a wonderful inspiration you've been. And so delightful. I'm so glad we finally got together. Hannah and I tried to our best to uh, get to get together to record this for you all. And uh, it took a little bit of, of trying, but I'm so glad I talked to you, Hannah. Thank you so much. Thank you for letting me be on your show. And I'm so glad that if I do get to help anyone out there, that I'm so happy that I was able to come here and help you all with this. And I hope that I am able to I don't know how to word it. I'm just happy that I'm inspire people. Inspire. That's a good word for it. Inspire. Right on. And thank you to all of our listeners and subscribers. Um, It's really great that this podcast has become so popular. There are some costs associated with producing the podcast every week. So if you find it helpful or you, uh, just really like it, you can buy me a coffee. Just dr- scroll down to the bottom of the notes on this episode. You'll see a link right there. You can click it and buy me a coffee for a couple of bucks or a couple of pounds. Uh, quid, I hear. It's a bucks and quid, dollars or pounds. <laughs> uh, anyway, I encourage you, if you want more information, to please go to my website at emetophobiahelp.org. It has lots of information for both therapists and people who suffer with emetophobia and their families. So I will be back next week. Meanwhile, stay safe. And please, if you possibly can and you haven't yet, get vaccinated. It will help protect other people around you who have diseases that they can't get vaccinated. See you next week.